You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Great evening, everyone. This is Andre Ebron, the founder and the host of the Drawing Board Podcast. Before we get into our awesome show that we have planned for you tonight, I want to make you aware of a couple of good things we want to celebrate with the Drawing Board Nation. So the Drawing Board Nation just completed the nine-week coaching series. And I know some of you are saying, what, you guys had a coaching series? Yes, we had a nine-week co- nine coaching series where I went on Facebook Live every Monday from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. And we walked through the entire book and I taught a lesson. Uh, we had some feedback and conversations, a dialogue about each chapter of the book and also provided some principles that that everyone could apply to take their life from good to great. As I always tell you, our responsibility here is to lead you from effectiveness to greatness. Now, how do we do that? We consult, develop, and support personal, professional, and organizational transformation. Based upon these five core values, You can, it's an acronym called POISE, professionalism, optimal service, integrity, solution-oriented, and excellence in all that we do. So we want to make sure that you take advantage of this coaching series. If you're interested, please drop your name in the comments below, or you can uh, direct message me or inbox me, or you can email me at info at ebronassociates.com. Another great news tip for you now, listen, you better take advantage of it while the tickets are lasting. The Drawing Board Experience 2020. And the crowd goes wild. Listen, you need to make sure you get your tickets now. And listen, the thing that is different for this year is that all youth ages 17 and under, they get to come absolutely free. We're giving them access to professionals that have been, they are at the top of their industry, and they also have experience with empowering and engaging our youth. So you want to make sure that you bring them out because we have uh, Shane Fitness 101. He is coming down with the Step to You Sweat. He's going to get some people on stage with the Step Aerobics, but his Step Aerobics has routines to it. They break it down. Uh, he was on stage last year and he lit the stage up. Then we have Dr. Patrice Johnson, who is the executive director of Boys Hope, Girls Hope of Detroit. You want to make sure you come out. She just uh, obtained her doctorate uh, within the last six months and just come to find out that she is the first African-American from her school within her specific doctoral program to complete that degree. First African-American woman. So shout out to Dr. Patrice. Then we have Dr. Wayman Hayes from Focus Hope. And we have one of his colleagues here tonight. And we will introduce her in just a moment. But he'll be on there. He has over three decades of empowering early childhood staff, children, and families. We also have, listen, tune in, come close. It gets better. We have international businessman, serial entrepreneur, Darius Wally Richburg McCaskill. You have to be there. You have to be there. This is a must. If that's not enough, we have the choir from Detroit from Detroit School of the Arts. They will be performing as well. We have Dawn Smith out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, with her awesome message of enough. Just go ahead and repeat that with me right now. Say, I 
am enough. Go ahead. I am enough. Absolutely. So we want you to come to the Drawing Board Experience 2020. But without further ado, I know that some of you all are anxious. I know dad is probably watching. I know family, church family, Focus Hope family is watching. And all of the world is waiting to see who we have on the show tonight. Tonight we have LaShonda Bateman. Welcome to the show, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we talked about this, having you on the show a couple months ago at the reunion of Southeast Head Start, Southeast Children and Family Development Head Start. Yes. So you and I, we shared that, and we just were talking about it. We both started working for Head Start in 2004. 2004. Sorry about that. Yeah, 2004. So that is now like 16 years ago. Yes. That we walked through the doors uh, with the aspiration and the passion of impacting the lives of children and families on the southeast side of Detroit. Yes. Yeah. So did you start off early uh, childhood or did you start off regular Head Start? No, actually, I started off being a parent sub. My children were um, a part of the early Head Start program at Bellevue. Oh, excellent. Excellent. I ended up coming over to Bellevue eventually. (laughs) Remember? Yes. Yeah. So it was myself and Crandall Petway. Yes. We were the family service workers over there holding it down. (laughs) Absolutely. Two of the best to ever do it. So we were out, no, but uh, Southeast was definitely a family. Yes. And when we had the reunion, I mean, everybody was coming out. I thought that was a great thing. I know you all availed the uh, venue at Focus Hope, Mm -hmm. an awesome occasion. We were just sitting at the table over dinner, and I was telling you about what I had going on. You were telling me about what you had going on. And I couldn't think of a better time than, you know, International Women's Day was on Sunday, but March is the month where we celebrate women across the world. Mm -hmm. And so for me, especially being a dad and being a husband, um, one of the highest honors that I feel of womanhood is motherhood. Motherhood. Is motherhood. So, mm-hmm. LaShonda, let me tell them about you, though, before we get into what what we're here to talk about tonight. LaShonda Bateman is a social cause champion for mothers with multiples. She has been a part of working with children and families for over 20 years. LaShonda has been connected to the work of empowering families through workforce development, early learning programs in the city of Detroit, and helping them become self-sufficient. She currently works and serves families as a program manager for Focus Hope. One Focus Hope. <laughs> I see all of you all, all of my Southeast family, I see that, all those quotes and tags. You guys are doing an awesome job. So Hope, early learning program, working with early learning and youth development programming. Mrs. Bateman is quite in touch with understanding the struggles of motherhood and providing for a small family with having a set of triplets. Yes. In 2004. Let's pause and just give some. <laughs> a set of triplets. Now, you, I, I see all these shows and these, uh, uh, what is it, Kate Plus 8? Yeah. And what's the other one that's out there? It's, a, it's another show where it's a lot of children. And they have you need your own show. What what happened? We got we got to go ahead and rewind. Maybe you have to do it again. Oh no! <laughs> Maybe we got to do it again. All all of the viewers who want to see Lashonda do it again. She's championing the cause, but we want to see we want to see the show with her. Uh, but actually, her children are in prime adolescence. They are right in that tween stage between just becoming teenagers and now segueing into adulthood. We'll talk about that in a minute. But most women have an understanding of mothering. Mm -hmm. 
one child at a time. LaShonda was blessed with three babies, all three of them, at one time. And look, two handsome young men and one beautiful baby girl. Now they are 16. The triplets are doing very well and serve with her family in the ministry, in church. Now, let's talk about it. So you are a, a PK. Yes, I am. All right. So shout out to Pastor <laughs> Patterson. Patterson. Absolutely. New Great Design Hill. Shout it out. Get the address. Go ahead. <laughs> New Great Design Hill, Missionary Baptist Church, Reverend Eddie J. Patterson is the pastor. All right. So a PK. All right. So talk to me about your journey, like from being a PK to deciding to go into early childhood to being a mother. Like who is LaShonda Bateman? Well, LaShonda Bateman is, of course, the the daughter of Pastor Patterson and uh, Veronica Pearson. But um, ultimately, being a PK, it was um, younger. It was kind of fun. And but as you get older, uh, it's more demanding on you. Um, You have to deal with more of the issues. Um, But. Um, LaShonda is someone who is, of course, the mother of, of three triplets and who kind of had to find her way, find her way from being that adult uh, PK um, into motherhood. OK, so going from PK ship, I don't even know if that's a word, but we're going <laughs> to use it. OK, into transitioning into adulthood, mm-hmm. uh, discovering, you know, when you grow up in church, your appetite is kind of set for you, right? Exactly. And then discovering what it is, uh, even within your personal relationship, especially as a PK, because uh, as a PK, most PKs are serving, right? Exactly. And in the process of serving, uh, we end up finding ourselves catering to the needs of others, always making sure. And that's a blessing. Uh, but in the process of development sometimes, mm-hmm. And that's why, and I, I don't know about all the details of your journey, but I know for a lot of PKs, that's why they make us left a lot of times because they feel like their development has been arrested by the needs of others. And so they go left to try to discover what, what do I like? Who am I outside of church? Who am I outside of what everybody else expects from me? Right. And is that, is that was that your, your experience as well? Yeah, it was my experience, but it was more of me trying to go left to kind of um, identify myself, but also uh, step down from the, the, the podium that or the platform that I was placed on okay. um, and, and trying to really let people know that, I'm really not on this platform. It's it's my father's platform and that I'm just like you. Like I make mistakes just like you. I'm learning just like you. Oh, that's good. So how would you encourage someone who might be in that position right now? What would be your best advice to them? My best advice to them for that would ultimately be to take a look at themselves, to really seek and find out exactly who you are. And exactly where you are supposed to be, because everybody just because that's my father's journey doesn't mean that it's my journey. Um, But I do think that part of my journey is to assist and aid him and to making sure that um, his mission and and what he is uh, setting out to do comes to pass. And and that's something that I had to kind of sit back and I had to realize that's that's what it was for me. 
Oh, that's great. So self-discovery is a process. Exactly. And as you journey on, you learn more. Mm -hmm. You have different experiences that unearth certain aspects of your potential. Yes. uh, And shows you actually a more effective way of ministering to others. Exactly. As Christ did, because we know not in high priest who's not touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows what we go through. He knows what we have experienced. And the best witness is one that speaks from a voice of experience. Exactly. So now you you're you've you're on that path of self discovery, and then God blesses you with three little ones. Talk to me. Talk to me about the the whole process of pregnancy. Like, what, talk to me when you first found out. So take me to that space. So All the right? the whole journey of it was, um, we actually did have some issues in uh, conceiving in the beginning. Okay, and um. I remember uh, at church we had this prayer lock in where my father actually prayed for everybody. And and when he did pray for me because he wanted grandchildren, he prayed that, you know, that I would be able to conceive. And it just so happened that after that prayer, um, I did conceive and, and I conceived three. Hold on, Pastor. Now, listen, that must have been a mighty prayer. <laughs> now, what, what kind of oil were you using, Pastor? I need to know. Bring it in. Come on. We need to talk about this. <laughs> How many days did you fast before you start praying? Not only did God answer your prayer, I know you probably have preached several times. He not only did it once, but for the Father, for the Son, <laughs> and for the Holy Ghost. Three times, right? And that's exactly how I look at it, the yeah. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. I know, trust me. When when believers have experiences, we find a way to always see God. Mm-hmm. And he blessed you with three children. So you went to a prayer. Now, here's the thing that I have because you just, you just gave a, a loaded experience mm-hmm. because you said you all were having some challenges initially. Mm-hmm. What kept you encouraged during that time to, like, continue to, you know, try to conceive? My faith. Okay. Because I know that as long as I believed and if it was in his will, then I, I knew that it was going to happen. And But I just knew that it was going to happen in his time. Okay. That's good. So timing is a huge thing. Yes. What would you say to a family right now that they may have had some challenges conceiving, but just like you, they just have faith to believe that God is going to do that? What What would you say, and here's the question, uh, that would alleviate the pressure surrounding uh, conception. So what I would tell them is, is, is the first off that they, they have to seek, um, and they have to, um, believe. Okay. They have to ask for exactly because, you know, my, my, my pastor tells me that you have to, to ask exactly what you want. If you want Two girls. You 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 ask for those two girls. If you want a boy and a girl, you ask for those boy and a girl. So you you have to um, first. You have to have the faith. You have to believe. You have to ask. You have to pray, and you have to um, be consistent in your praying. And you just have to know that in God's own timing, that if it's in His will, that's the that's the thing. Quotation mark in His will. Okay. That it will happen. All right. So that's good. So you've heard it. <laughs> Excuse me. Take the pressure off by seeking the Lord, by asking the Lord. You said seek, ask and knock. I, mm-hmm. I, you you was preaching over here. <laughs> All right. And then you said uh, ultimately you surrender your will for his will. 
And if it is in his plan for your life, then it will come to pass in his time. Exactly. All right. So now three blessings come. But mm-hmm. I, no, take me to the point. I want to know the conversation between your family when you discover that you're not only pregnant with one child, but you're pregnant with three children. So um, in the beginning, I really thought that I was pregnant with twins in the beginning. Um, And then later on, it came that it was uh, three. So at that moment, um, I cried. Okay. I cried because it was fear um, that I wasn't going to know what to do, how to do. Um, I was someone who never even babysat a child. Okay. So having it in my head to go from it just being always me or me and my husband to now we're bringing in these three children in the world, I cried. Yeah. Family of two, family of five. Yes. Yes. Instant. Right. Instantly. So I immediately, I, I called my dad. He was excited. Right. He, uh, listen, he had been fasting 40 days and exactly. 40 nights um, to lay hands and I, speak a word. <laughs> I also m- called my husband. I I just said, listen here. I said, it's three. What are we going to do? Yes. And he said, we going to provide for those three. All right. So when I heard him say, we're going to provide for those three, you know, it kind of, you know, took the pressure, some of the pressure off. And I was just like, okay, we're in this together. Right. So that that was my initial uh, response to knowing that it, it was three. Oh, man. Listen, I, I could picture it. The reason I ask is because when my wife and I were getting ready to deliver our first child, um, there was a person doing their residency. Mm-hmm. And the doctor, you know, our doctor had gone for a rest or was... And so he he's got the my wife's stomach was round like a basketball. So he's they got one heart monitor up here and another heart monitor over there. Mm-hmm. And so he comes back and he says, we hear two heartbeats. Now, we're getting ready to have these children. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and at that point, I was a child passenger safety technician. Uh huh. So we were, you know, car seats and all of that. And that's when they really got big on the click it or ticket. You remember? Right. And so I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> the first thing I said was, I only bought one car seat. <laughs> the car seat, huh? The car seat. <laughs> and so come to find out, um, it was an echo in the uterine wall mm-hmm. of my daughter's heartbeat just because of how uh, my wife was carrying her. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit of a sweat off the brow. You know, I was like, oh, oh, Lord, we're getting ready to go. And, and so while we didn't end up having multiples, I know that initial shock to the mm-hmm. system that you're like, oh, we're getting ready to have more than one. Who's going to? I hope they have the same sleep schedule. You know, <laughs> I mean, all of these different things. But so, so after the initial shock, your husband reassures you that you're not in this thing by yourself. Your dad is shouting and praising God. Okay, so what happens next? Walk me through that journey. Because when my wife was pregnant with our son, her she and she was just carrying just him. Mm-hmm. Her stomach was 48 inches in front of her. So she had to sit up on the couch 
Like, talk to me about that. So after the initial shock, um, I was currently working full time. Okay. Um, but due to this, the uh, the sickness, mm-hmm. um, my doctor had to put me on bed rest um, at three months. Okay. And so during um, after that, I was only able to be in the bed, and I was only able to leave the house to kind of like go to doctor's visits. And if I did, I had to be in a wheelchair um, because they the children were trying to come really early. Okay. And so my doctor was kind of afraid that um, their lungs weren't um, weren't going to be developed. So um, we went through this thing called preeclampsia um, where um, that was kind of troublesome. And then I was. Very sick. I could not eat. It was, uh, I couldn't even, um, drink water. Mm. Um, I think when I got pregnant, I think I was a size 12 and after pregnancy, I was a size eight because oh. I, I could not eat. The smell of certain things would even make me sick. Um, so Hold on, that is a miracle. Hold on, wait a minute. So you were a size 12 before pregnancy. Yes. And then uh, eight after, after pregnancy, mm-hmm. you were eight. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, those those months that I was on bed rest, it was kind of, um, you know, your mind starts to wonder. You you know, you you sit and all I'm able to do is just sit home and basically watch TV. Right. Um, and so, you know, you, you just start to think and you start to think like, well, Will my babies be okay? Am I okay? You know, am I going to be able to do this? Um, so, you know, it, it took me through a lot during those months. So I, I, I finally delivered the children. My, I was in bed one morning. My husband was up getting ready for, um, work and I was six months. I was, uh, 26 weeks. Okay. My water just broke mm. and, um, I didn't, at first, I didn't know what was going on. So then when I got up, I was like, I told him, I said, well, we have to get to the hospital. So I was uh made sure that I contacted my doctor. My doctor was just like, you know, we have to deliver them now. Just get there. Um And so my children were born at 26 weeks. Normally, yeah. a pregnancy is 40, 40 weeks. Mm-hmm. My children were born at 26 weeks. So when I did deliver them. Um, two of them were two pounds, um, 11 ounces, and one was three pounds. And so after their delivery, um, I did um, have a C-section. Right. Um, they, I did not get to see my children right away because they took them right away and took them to the NICU mm-hmm. um, and hooked them up to so many um, machines and breathing machines. And they had tubes in their head um, and feeding tubes and a lot of different things. So, um through the, after that time, it was me trying to um, go back and forth to the hospital, um, making sure that, you know, they were becoming healthy, making sure everything was fine. Um, so eventually, probably about a month and a half later, that they each came home one by one. Okay. Um, and when they all came home, it was a total shock. I'm, I'm certain. It was a total shock because— um, you just can't imagine how, you know, you have to feed three babies. You got to change three babies. You know, you got to rock three babies. And um, it was really that really I think it took me kind of like by surprise. 
and I went into postpartum depression. Okay. And so in having postpartum depression, it was more so less me never, ever wanting to harm my children. It was me wanting to harm myself because I thought that I couldn't do this. I thought that I was in it alone, mm -hmm. and I thought that I was failing. Um, and so it, that took me it, – it, it was years of postpartum depression. So if you don't mind, let's unpack that for a little mm -hmm. bit because – one of the things that uh, I've seen for parents just across the board is that parents have this ideal of how they should parent, mm -hmm. you know, or if they have had a great model mm -hmm. of parenting or even if they haven't had a great model of parenting, uh, in their mind, they conceive this idea that when I have children, I'm going to be this kind of parent. Mm -hmm. And with multiples... Uh, I'm sure just the stress of sleeping schedules, eating schedules, as you uh, articulated, changing diapers, um, changing clothes, mm -hmm. putting on clothes, spitting up, changing more clothes, you know, uh, just washing and trying to maintain the household. Mm -hmm. It was extremely stressful. Very. Right. So how what would you recommend to somebody who's experiencing that right now? Before they it, before like depression has an, an opportunity to set in, what would you say to them? I would say is make sure that you connect with someone who you can um, talk with, okay. who you can communicate with, who you can trust, um, someone who is willing to even um, come over for a couple hours and maybe watch the children while you have some me time because me time is what's important. And even though, you know, you have infants, you, it's, you still have to set aside some time for you as a mom and you, because you have to regroup right. and you have to make sure that you're okay so that you can provide and be able to be around for the children. Um, but you always need an outlet. That's the one thing that now that I look back on it, you, you always need an outlet. Okay. And so I know you're, um, as you're developing mothers with with multiples, like I've seen where parents now, they, they join parent groups mm -hmm. where it gets them out of the house, it gets them moving, they have certain activities. Or I know uh, a lot of times mothers uh, come to church or they go to different activities, and mm -hmm. that's their activity for the week mm -hmm. because taking care of a household is a lot of work. I can admittedly say, I'll say it right now, <laughs> listen, when my wife was home with my our daughter and son, and that was kind of the agreement we had was, hey, you know, you'll be home with them, I'll work, you take care of the household, and, you know, kind of that was mm -hmm. the whole idea of how the structure was supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And so I remember coming home like, Yo, yo, what you know, like what's going on here? You know, different things weren't weren't done and I'm like, you know, in my mind, this is my my male mind, like uh like man, you know, if you home all day and listen, please don't write me. I I already know I have already admitted that I was wrong in this. So what I did was I took off two weeks like, yo, I'm going you know, to show mm -hmm. I'm going to give her a break. Mm -hmm. And I'm also so I, my goal was I had a bifurcated goal. So my goal was to show her I'm going to give her a break. Mm -hmm. though. That was the that was the main part. Mm -hmm. Give her a break. But also to say I, I'm, this can be done. <laughs> you know. All right. So my kids are 18 months apart. And 
man, it was the toughest thing that I have ever done. And so when I got up early in the morning to get breakfast ready for the entire family, uh, I had to also get ready to get the loads of clothes and ready to wash. I had to get the kids their, you know, their little showers or whatever, mm-hmm. not to mention mm-hmm. whatever food they decide to throw on themselves or what have you. Uh, then it was trying to me trying to clean up while they were still awake because I couldn't run the vacuum or anything when they were asleep. Mm-hmm. And when they slept, it was time for me to try to get some, get a little nap and then trying to, you know, be a good husband and mm-hmm. attend to my wife. Mm-hmm. And just as, you know, when I was working, she would, you know, try to pre- she would prepare my lunches and stuff for me. Likewise, I'm sure mm-hmm. that the same thing was happening in your household. Mm-hmm. And I developed a entirely newfound respect for uh, all mothers, uh, particularly my wife, and then now listening to you as a mother with multiples, uh, brothers, it is more challenging than what you think. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was young. You know, we were, um, I was 23. My wife was in her 20s. And so we were still, we were young parents still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, so newlywed, you know, and newlywed and new parents. Right. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, talk to me like so the stress of it all without an outlet has the potential that to to go inward. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So talk to me about how, did, how what did you go through? How did you come out of it? So not only um, did it take me through postpartum depression, um, it kind of took a, t- a toll on my marriage. Okay. Um, because during that time, um, I, as I can, as I look back on it now, during that time, I was kind of only thinking about myself. I was only kind of thinking about this is what I'm going through. You know, I'm dealing with this and I'm dealing with that, but not, not to, I didn't see that my husband was going through as well. And we stopped communicating. And so when you have children, that's that's one thing I would say, too. You have to make sure that the communication as far as between um, the husband and the wife or the father and the mother, you have to make sure that you are communicating with each other. Right. Um, um, another thing was because my kids were born prematurely um, and they were born, you know, with the low birth weight, um, there was a lot of back and forth to the doctor, making sure things were um, progressing, making sure they um, no learning disabilities, no learning delays um, and all of that. But I was blessed with um, to to have three healthy babies with 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 no issues. Well, let's praise God right there for a minute. That's my praise God bell. If you want to know <laughs> what it is. No, and not making light of it. That is a miracle mm-hmm. to develop ch- to to to. Uh, deliver children at 26 weeks mm-hmm. to have them go to the NICU, go through that process and no developmental delays, three healthy babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, mom is intact, experiencing some things definitely. Right. But mom's still providing, making sure the kids get what they need. Mm-hmm. And that is a miracle. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. I know that was part of your dad's prayer too. <laughs> so no, and you know, I, I jokingly, I'm messing with pastor. Out right. There, but right. seriously, when, he he prayed that thing through. Yeah. And your faith met his faith. You guys agreed and God performed a miracle. Yeah. Like literally giving birth to children, if it, even if it's just one, it is the miracle of life. Right. 
So to do it three times over, mm-hmm. three healthy babies, mm-hmm. man, let's, we have to give God praise for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But not only, um, you know, being a new mom with right. triplets. So, you know, you, you're seeking advice from whomever that will listen or whomever that will talk to you. And so you are hearing stories of, oh, that's all you have to deal with. Oh, I have five kids. Oh, I have six kids. And and they're making it seem as if, you know, what I'm going through and how I'm com- not really complaining, but what I'm going through is is nothing. But I always say that even even if you have five, six kids, you still don't have a set of triplets. Yes. You still did not conceive three children at one time. Right. So what you went through as a mother is uh, is totally different than what I'm going through as a mother. And and that's why I'm 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 setting out to really start this thing with um um mothers with multiples to really connect with other like-minded moms, other like-minded um um families out there that have multiples so they can have an out so they can have a support system so they can have talk with other moms who have went through or are going through to let them know hey you know I went through this you know you are able to overcome this or I'm here to be your listening ear or this is how I dealt with it this is how I came out of it um to offer resources um and and first and foremost, to always let them let moms know that it's okay to talk to a therapist. It's okay to see a therapist. It's okay to talk with your pastor. It's okay because you have to release um, things in order to um, really get it off of you and to be able to overcome things. You have you you have to be able to talk about it. That's excellent. So here here's my my next question. Uh, what were some of the greatest joys of being a mother with multiples? Well, um, some of the joys were, um, you know, I can remember my kids being um, younger. And as we talked earlier, each one of my children have their own personality. Yes. Um, my my son, Eric, who uh, thinks he's Einstein, um he was always the serious child. He was always the child that was kind of more of the the mild manneredness. Um, and then I had Eric, um, um, Eddie. I'm sorry, um, Eddie, who is this outgoing, sociable person, always smiling. Um, he's named after your dad. Yes, he's named after my father. Okay. Yes. Um, and then I had my daughter Essence, but it was always it. it seemed as if my children always knew when I was down because it was like they would do something in their actions or they would just come and lay their head on, on me or give me a hug or give me a kiss. because And that, that was kind of like my uplifting. And that was kind of like what actually kind of like really was bringing me through the down times is really, you know, seeing – their faces, seeing their smiles and knowing that, hey, even though if I don't think that I'm being this good mom, at least these three think that I'm the greatest mom. Absolutely. Uh, It's interesting. uh, Children's expectations of us, Mm -hmm. particularly at that age, uh, is for us to love them Mm -hmm. the best way we know how. And 
the only contrast that they would have is none at all. Mm -hmm. Because they could have only been recipients of the love that you give them. Uh, I, I talk about it, but one of my cousins uh, was going through some challenging times. Mm -hmm. And he had to get ready to go buy some pull-ups for his his child. And, you know, of course, when you're that, you're, you know, a young parent, you're like, oh, no, it's huggies and loves. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what we're doing. And then one time had to buy some CVS, you know, off-brand pull-ups. Mm -hmm. And felt a certain way about it. And I said, well, hey, listen, uh, is it going to catch, you know, uh, the pee in the poop? <laughs> is it going to do the job? I said, that's all that your baby that's, is concerned about. Right. Your baby is concerned about being dry. Mm -hmm. And if at this point that is the best that you can offer, your baby will gladly accept it. Exactly. And at that time, you were talking about the connection that your children have to mm -hmm. you. That emotionally they know. And probably even now. Right. Like, well, they probably have cell phones and everything else now. So <laughs> they probably calling in, especially the boys calling in and checking on you. <laughs> Mama, what you doing? Mama, who are you talking to? Right. You know, right? What's going on, right? That's, that's what young men do. Mm -hmm. uh, they either do that or they're hard to get in touch with. Mm -hmm. One or the other, you know. And so our children need our love. And that is what... If I can erase any misnomer out there, I mean, of course, I did the same thing, and I'm sure that uh, you did the same thing as well. We wanted to have them dressed up and all this other kind of stuff. Ha Listen, they are—they will not remember any of that. Yeah. Besides us taking pictures. Yeah. And, and I'm not discouraging you from doing that, but what I am discouraging you from doing is stressing about doing it. Right. Yeah. yeah, I do. Because, you know, on social media and you see young parents and you see it's like it's a game to them. It's like that's what you have a child for, to to dress them up in the, in the finest of things and to make sure that they look good. But that's not what all what is it's about. It's it's really about um, training them up, you know, making sure that they have the, the necessities, not not what they want but it it's okay to give them wants but the necessities and showing them you know um how to to make it in this society that is now just all about you know the social media and the fads and you know so you it's it's motherhood is more than just that it's it's about like you say loving on your children giving them teachable moments giving them um experiences that um they so they can learn from it because you learn from your experiences. And that's that's mainly what we as mothers or or we should be trying to set for our children. So, Ms. Bateman, I'm putting you out there on the line. If you had to define motherhood, the LaShonda Bateman philosophy of motherhood, what would you say? My definition of motherhood is kind of what I just talked about, you know, making sure that um, your children see, know, and feel love. Put that in the comments, that your children see, know, and feel love. And making sure that um, you have your walk is going to be something that they can look on and say, you know, I, I want to be like my mom. I want to be like my dad. I want to I want to do this like my mom. I want to do this like my dad. And and some 
a, a parent that they could be proud of, a parent that they can say, hey, this is my mom. This is what she did. You know, um, I, I, I have three children, but I've never stressed. Um, we've talked about, you know, college. We've okay. we've we've talked about the next things in life, but I've never pushed college on them because I want them to make their own decisions. Because just because I have a, a college degree and I know someone with a trade that makes more money than me. So I, I want them to be able to make their own decisions. Um, and that's that's something I always try to stress. And, and what I look at is even though I have three I parent each one of them differently because each one of them demands something different from me. So it's like you have to give different. And what I've learned is from being a parent and and from having three, it's like you have to set aside time for all three. Talk to me about that juggling act. Now, you're talking about each child demanding something different. They all are in the same age group. They all have different requirements, and you find a way to spend individual time with each one. How, yeah. how do you get that into your schedule? Well, it's 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 kind of hard. But what I mean by setting aside time for mm-hmm. for each one is even just a a conversation. Okay. Um, you know, to make each one feel as though you know, just because it's three of you, you know, I still have love for you. I still have love for you. I love each one of my children the same but you know them growing up i had to learn that that i had to give each one of them something different and so that is what i've come to realize that that's why i say you have to parent them differently you have to give them their own individual time and you just have to to let them know that just because there are multiples that you still love them the same now here's a question that i have for you and i i don't know if you'll be able to tell me or not so I know with um, children or families that where there are three or more that that middle child, you know, has their they call it the middle child syndromes does when it, there are multiples. Is there a middle child? Does that is does that child have a middle child syndrome? Yay or nay? What's your experience? Yes. Yes. My middle child. That's my Eddie. Yes. He, yes, very, I I do think he has the middle child syndrome. And I do think because he tries to stand out, he tries to be different in everything that he, he does. He, he wants to be, he just, it, he has to be different. Um, He's the child that growing up um, in school, he was the child that Constantly, every time the phone rang, it was a school. It w- he was doing something in school. He was um, discovering his greatness. If if that's what you want to yes, call it, absolutely. But um, I I would have to agree with you that there is a, a, a such thing as middle child syndrome with multiples. Okay. Yes, I was I was curious about that because I was like, hmm, if they are all born at the you know uh, you know same time, mm-hmm. not literally same time, but. If there's one in the middle, does that still play a dynamic? So, yeah. oh, wow, that's different. Here's another question I have, mm-hmm. totally off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Is your middle child, Eddie, is he anything similar or likening to how your dad was when he grew up? Um, I don't think so. I think no. my, no, because 
hearing stories of my grandmother talk about my dad. My dad was a more relaxed child. He was a more um he was more like Eric. Okay. So he Eddie is more like my uncle Your was uncle. my dad's brother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I just I had to ask because I was like, maybe when you know you were seeing, uh, you were prophesying his future of who he would be, mm-hmm. and you know that journey toward toward you know overseeing and pastoring people, you take your own rock, you know, right, and you, you're cut from a different cloth. You find your way um, when you're uniquely gifted that way. Mm-hmm. Especially yes, yes, your uh, your son that's into music, right? Yes, Ed, oh, yes, yeah. the middle child. So he's yes. your creative in the house. Very creative, yes. Yeah, so you mm-hmm. you know creatives are they operate to their own beat anyway, and that's right? him. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, and the only thing that I've seen with working with uh, young people who are creative uh, is that they just have to find their lane. Mm-hmm. And when they find their lane, their uniqueness causes them to dominate, mm-hmm. you know, and to excel and to succeed at what they do. So, that's excellent. So now. The LaShonda Bateman philosophy of of motherhood is that children have to see, know, and feel love. Mm -hmm. And here's something that you said that I want them to put in the comments just so we can, uh, so you can have this. Is you said, be the type of parent that your child could be proud of. Exactly. That's good. That needs to go in your literature. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of this that you're doing to highlight mothers with multiples, like vision cast for me for a moment. Where, Where do you see this going how large do you see this getting uh, the underbed and the the philosophy behind it? See, know, and feel like let let talk to me about it. Just vision cast for me. What do you see? Well, I I do see this um, becoming a a very um, huge huge movement okay. because there are a, if you look at the research, um, multiples are becoming very common, um, and there are women out there that are crying silently for help. Mm. So, and I, and I feel like once I really put this platform out there, I think that this could be um, a way for them, you know, to get the help, the support or the encouragement that they need. Um, there are like we were talking about books to tell you how to raise children. Right. Um what you know the book what to expect when you're expecting. Uh the f- first year after, you know, all of these different the literature that's out there. Each year is something I'm I'm learning being a mom just as my kids are learning being children. Okay. And it's all of it to me it's it's learning and teachable moments for the both of us. Am I sitting here saying that I'm this great parent where every day is um, sunshine? No. There are some days that I I want to cry. There are some days that I want to smile and and um, congratulate my kids on their successes and, and what they're doing. There are some days that I have disappointments. There are some days that where I know where I've taught them this, but they go astray. And they do their own thing. But that's once again, those are the teachable moments that we, me as a mother and them as a child, learn from. So, I, and, I, and I want this movement of Mothers with Multiples to really, to really be um, a, something where mo- mo- mothers with multiples, they can just come, they 
can maybe if they want to talk with a therapist, they can. If they want to see a doctor because this and this and, and that is going on. If they want to talk with a teacher to learn about um, um, the learning um, and the learning disabilities or learn about where their child should be at this particular age, that they could do that. If they want to get resources, they could do that. Um, I do have some people on board already that I've talked with that are ready to join me in, in making this come into fruition and making this to be successful. Um, my uh, son, Eddie's God mom, Dr. Allen, she okay. is on board, totally on board with helping me with this. Um, I have, um, um, another nurse, uh, Kina, you know, Kina Parnell. Okay. Um, she is um, on board with um, making this happen. Of course, you know, you and I know a list of, of uh, teachers with master's degrees in, in, in early childhood early education childhood. that's willing to back me. Um, so we just, um, just has, to, we, we, I'm, I'm planning something. It's in the works of that. I'm really trying to get, um, the platform out there and I, I want to like do something where we're able to come together and maybe me just as I'm sharing my story now share my story with others so they'll know that what this movement is about um, letting them um, know that you know that if this something that you want to join that you can um, but I just feel like that this is something that is needed I've, I've always said that because for many years, I cried silently with this because I was afraid to say something. Okay. I was I didn't know exactly what it was I was going through. I had to learn later in life that it was postpartum depression. Um, so I just feel like that this is something that other women um, I need to share my story. OK, great, great, great. Um, for those who might be seeking support and they are currently a mother of multiples uh what what should they do? Where can they reach you? Um, well, right now they can reach me. I have started. Um, it's small right now. I have started a Facebook group. It's called uh, Mothers with Multiples. Um, you can join um, that group. Um, you can uh, also send me uh, a message on Facebook. Um, and name on Facebook. My uh, name on Facebook is Sean Pearson. Um, you can reach out to me that way. Um, and so we, that we can connect and I can share, um, what the next steps are for, 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 uh, the movement. Okay. Do you have an email for them that they could email you? I do have an email. Um, I can be emailed at Sean, S H A W N 48224 at gmail.com. Um, that's another avenue, a way of them to contact me as well. Okay. Are you on IG at all? Um, not really. Not really? Not okay. really. All right. Yeah. So Facebook and yeah. the email. Mm -hmm. All right. So I always give a challenge. Always give a challenge to every one of my guests, right? So I'm looking for, it is March now. Mm -hmm. So by June, that is three months from now, mm -hmm. by June, uh, we want to have some collateral email at the drawing board experience. I want to be able to shout you out. Um, you know, mothers with multiples mm -hmm. and have you in the building. So everybody listen, if you want to meet up with Sean, you can either call Sean Pearson or LaShonda Bateman. <laughs> Make sure that you come to the drawing board experience. I always finish with this. I share with people that their future is not behind them. 
that it is not before them, mm-hmm. but it is within them. And so, uh, Miss Bateman, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Pastor, we're sending everybody that want to bear children, we're sending them <laughs> to you. Get, you got to start fasting again, brother. Start fasting again so you can get ready to lay these hands and all. But uh, bless you, sir. Uh, thank you for having the faith. And now you have your your triplets are 16 years old. Yes. They are they are emerging young adults. Mm-hmm. But I also want to um, give a, a, a very special shout out and thank you to um, those women and men at Southeast Head Start. Oh, yeah. Because those those teachers were the ones who kind of like like Keenan Atchison and oh, yeah. Keisha Brother Willis, yeah, yeah. Willis and um Samuel uh Mr. Samuels and um uh Miss Robinson. Yes. Miss uh Shamia Cutright. Oh yeah. Um shout out. Um I was trying to think of the other one. Miss Jones, who used to be at um Salem. Okay. Those individuals, they really kind of took my kids under their wings and they kind of like helped me to parent. They kind of helped me, taught me, you know, I I know, for example, when it came time for potty training, I kept with uh, pull-ups. Keisha Willis said, no, it's time to be potty trained. Oh, that's great. (laughs) So, again, you are not talking from a position of theory. You're talking from a position of practice where you have the experience of walking through the vicissitudes, the challenges, mm-hmm. the ups, the downs, the joys, the sorrows of being a mother with multiples. Mm-hmm. And now you're using your testimony to help others overcome, to support them and encourage exactly. them through this journey. So, again, Ms. Bateman, thank you for coming on. Thank to you. everybody watching, we thank you for watching. And I, like I always finish, I just told Ms. Bateman, I gave her the, <laughs> I gave her the line. She better be ready. Come on. Your future is not behind you it is not what before you it is she's supposed to say it with me you all it is within (laughs) Within you all right god bless god bless you this is the drawing board